Hey guys, welcome back to the Rhythm Section, brought to you by The Minor Finder. I'm Kyle Bodanis. This episode, we're going into the vault to drop a pod we recorded shortly after the death of legendary guitarist Eddie Van Halen, where we got into his career, his contributions to music, and how he changed the electric guitar. It's a really fun conversation. We never got a chance to drop it, but it, the conversation was so good, we thought we'd hit you with it now. Just a note, the true genius of the show, Coburn Blair, was not available for this one, so I was joined by a couple of special guests. Hope you enjoy it. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and if you have time, follow The Mind Refinery on social media. And now, on with the show. Last week, the music world lost one of its true talents and innovators, Eddie Van Halen, changed the language of guitar and popular music through technique ingenuity and his namesake band with brother alex van halen the host with the most coburn blair isn't with us for this episode but here to discuss the life and career of edward van halen are mind refinery creative andrew van eek hello and a special guest by day he conquers the finance world with reckless abandon by night he's an uber talented guitarist and gear nerd tristan wiltman thank you so much for being here i appreciate it guys thanks so much all right guys i want to get right into this um and i want to start by really going over what our relationship with van halen is the band and eddie van halen the guitar player so what was your first introduction to van halen and eddie's guitar playing you know why don't you start us off tristan well for me i think it was probably uh like you know probably early high school maybe grade eight i had one of my buddies uh, he he played a lot of guitar and he came came to school one day and his guitar was all done up just you know striped up I'm like what the hell is going on with this he's like oh man Van Halen eruption bro and like it's funny that that is something that people from like the late seventies eighties nineties two thousands it just keeps happening cyclically that that eruption thing and yeah I just I heard it and I was like this is amazing and next thing you know I'm taking my little ion fender strat copy apart trying to put tape all up and down it trying to be like eddie too so i think it's like the cliche kind of story about van halen Vinny. i think for me it's uh it was really just a kind of disillusionment with i had come out of my only listening to hip-hop for all of high school phase and kind of got back into um, classic rock and didn't really feel like any of the rock music of the time was speaking to me. And um, it's just rock and roll, man. Like, just straight up, you know, nothing too deep, nothing too serious. And the, the, the sounds, the sounds that come out of Eddie Van Halen's uh, amplifier just always make me smile and still to this day if i'm in a certain kind of mood and it's the right time i just i throw it on i've always kind of heard van halen played in the background throughout my life you know whether it was on the radio i spent a lot of time hanging out with my uncle james and he'd be you know blaring this shit you know however my first entrance into rock was through like canadian alternative you know in the 90s and you know like well not rock music but like just music in general and then like stealing my aunt's hip-hop records because you're a little older than i was so she's like kind of like my big sister. But we moved to the U.S., my family, and I'm not sure what it is about Midwestern culture in the U.S., but they get on classic rock pretty quick. So I started getting into the er, you know, into the early stuff, and I didn't have cash for CDs, so I had friends who were making tapes. And this one guy, Doug Bryant, he made me one, and it had a few Van Halen tracks on it. And I was already kind of begging my parents for a guitar, and I'm like, oh, this was... Like, this is so fucking dope. And then I'm visiting my family in Canada again. I had lived in Chicago for like three years. And 
I'm like, I've been reading this issue of Guitar World, and it was the top 100 solos of all time. And the second one, and I was a huge Jimmy Page fan, so the number one was Stairway to Heaven. Argue according to yourselves on what you think the best is. But the second one was Eruption by Van Halen. I'm like, I've never heard that. I've never heard that before. So I told my uncle, I'm like, yo, what is Eruption? Like, what is the song Eruption? He's like, you've never heard Eruption? I'm like, no. So he puts the CD in his ancient ass CD changer, and he's got the big speakers, and then he turns it up, and then the the fucking drum comes in and the initial like power chord. And then he just starts screeching with this like intense tremolo picking. And it's just so crazy. And I'm, it's nothing like I've ever heard before. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I think from that moment, I was completely blown away. And I started thinking about the other guitar players who are important in my life. And how they were probably influenced by this guy and all of its marinating and at this point, I started, like, pushing for a guitar. And I guess I just had one of those, like, unique experiences kind of with it through family. Like, I find that, like, did you guys find that, like, family really kind of pushing these narratives with older bands like Van Halen? I think my, my parents definitely had a bit of, like, a classic rock influence. I'm not so much Van Halen, um, but, like, the Eagles was always kind of big. Like, I remember having, like, like playing the fuck out of my my parents, like, a Hotel California CD. So a little bit of the classic rock kind of seeped in, but, um, you know, Halen specifically was more like in the, like in the kind of, as you said before, like in the background movies or, you know, I don't know how many things Panama has been licensed to, but like, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> there's this funny thing about, okay. So I don't know if anybody watched the Drew Carey show before. So there's this one episode where Mimi is trying, sorry, Winford and Louder is trying to get Drew out of his house so they can build an extension to the mall. And in order to do it, they get Mimi to play Panama by Van Halen outside of his house for 48 hours straight on repeat over and over again and are shining floodlights uh, into his house. And it's one of the funniest fucking things ever. Also, I'm wondering, despite how rocking that song is, how long it would take to uh, get sick of it. Um, Vanny, did you find this was a parental thing or were you like, kind of just like, like how, like, how did you, what was your way into getting exposed to it? I would say, uh, mainly through the radio indirectly through parents in terms of, or my dad, just because my dad was, and has always just been on a huge blues kick. I think he listened to a lot of, uh, your normal seventies classic rock. But by the time I came around, he's just a heavy, heavy blues guy. And that being blasted through our house all weekend long um i would say definitely contributed to why i love the sounds of van halen but yeah definitely not directly so the death of eddie van halen effectively closes the book on van halen i think at this point it would be a farce like i don't think they're obviously going to replace him i think that's the end of the band where do they fit in the rock pantheon like as we start moving into eddie van halen's career let's talk about van halen and what their legacy is going to be um well, I, I think it, it's they're larger than life, but it's 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 a very strange thing where the where Eddie Van Halen, the guitarist, is bigger than Van Halen, the band, I think. Like not to discredit like their their long and storied career, but I think it was very much built off the back of Eddie's uh, immense talent. He changed the way people played guitar. I mean, effectively, he didn't invent two hand tapping, but he he made it cool and he made it very fucking cool <laughs> and from that point on like even the frankenstrat like such the things he did were so distinct 
and so uh, impactful that it had people just changing the way they do things. So he created a paradigm shift in the whole thing. So at that point, it kind of becomes bigger than the music. If you're changing the way people are purchasing uh, guitars or the way people are approaching an instrument, and he had pat- he was making patents and stuff like that for uh, like you know different ways of holding guitars. And I, I'm kind of going on a tangent here, but I mean, the as far as in the pantheon of rock and roll, it's Eddie Van Halen, the the guitarist, Van Halen, and then Van Halen the band is like the secondary. I feel. But not to get discredit David Lee Roth, because, I mean, goddamn Diamond David. Huh, what a showman. I mean, the, two, two, <laughs> the, 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 the springboard kick where he touches both feet. Oh, yeah. my goodness. I saw, I saw a picture of him on uh, Google recently. He had the, the, the man-beast chest hair out, fucking six-pack Shakur. And I was like, I could, I could put that poster on my wall. I'd be okay with that. It's pretty jacked. Like yeah. it's he got especially in that era, you got to be the jacked front man. You can't be, you yeah. can't be, you can't be busting out like John Popper from Blues Traveler. Like yeah. fucking uh, even post Atkins diet, uh, John Popper. Uh, so let I me. Mean, what are your thoughts? Like I, I guess the big thing is also like comparing them to contemporaries. You know, like where do they exist within that? You know, late seventies uh, situation. Um, I guess just. Like, like I, I, like I guess in the late seventies, there were, I, I don't like. It's hard to think about it when when you weren't there at the time. Like, I, like I know that Van Halen one was super impactful, but like, I guess they were just they were, I, I don't know. They were they were just the precursor to like speed metal, all that kind of stuff. Like without them, they're just it. Everything slows down like at least half of half a beat. Totally. Your thoughts, your thoughts, Vinny. Yeah, I think um I think for for me just the sounds like the the synth was coming in at that time in in the late 70s and that was already a reality and and the guitar the sound of rock and roll had just been, you know, thoroughly done as it is now from all different types of angles and all sorts of different types of backgrounds and everything like that. And for whatever reason, Eddie Van Halen was able to make like new, fresh sounds. And to me, you know, looking back, he kind of represents the last, the one of, not the last, but one of the later big artists that were making fresh sounds that weren't synthetic. Because now you can just make any sound and you've been able to do that for quite some time. And that's like been heavily involved in production. But I think that that contribution is is just a huge part of the legacy. We're going to get more into, you know, how Eddie Van Halen changed the guitar language. But I think if you look into Van Halen, I mean, they stand out because if you look at other rock acts like Led Zeppelin or Pink Floyd, I mean, these dudes took themselves super seriously as artists. Like Led Zeppelin's like fucking, you know, they're creating like a mystique behind them. And, you know, and that's part of the branding as they move forward. And same thing with Pink Floyd. I mean, very standoffish in interviews, but then creating these like sprawling works. But again, Pink Floyd takes themselves very seriously. And I think that Van Halen, you know, they didn't, the music was fun and it poked fun at itself. And it's more almost like updated surf rock thematically or finding more um, to do with like a band like Kiss. I mean, which is interesting because Gene Simmons and Kiss were instrumental in Van Halen coming up and getting a record deal and, um, you know, producing Van Halen one. And then you have Dave, 
know, Dave's pseudo sleazy street tough lyrics, but he's very much poking fun at himself like that. Like if you listen to a song like Ice Cream Man, you know what I mean? He's very much like playing and mugging uh, and, you know, trying to be funny and tongue in cheek. And I wonder if sometimes their status is diminished by this. And I think it's a very interesting point, Tristan, that you brought up that the artist, you know, the artistic nature of Eddie Van Halen's playing almost diminishes Van, it eclipses Van Halen itself, just because I think it was that they were, you know, the the party, you know, the kind of the party band. And you have a guy like David Lee Roth, who's the consummate showman, but he's not like that brooding front man that is taken so seriously in rock history, especially when it comes to the 70s. You know, and from a sonic point of view, these guys, you know, were in full flight and, you know, and they were totally without borders. And I think Eddie Van Halen has a lot to do with that. But do you think that perhaps this status as more of the band being fun, quote unquote, and less serious diminished what their legacy is? The riffs. the riffs riffs. at the end of the day like david lee roth could be saying anything over those songs yeah the the interplay between them it's like it's and i feel like it's a great thing that happens every once in a not every i think it was happening quite commonly back in the 80s actually if you think about like Roth, like roth and halen even though there was like some internal tension i think of like uh morrissey and marr uh, also kind of like so integral to each other. They're just like the milk and the cookie. And like, you, I, I'd want to say Axel and Slash, but in reality is he did play a big part in that as well. So, yeah, but I definitely if- think that's a good, I think that's a good comparison because like, um, you know, Guns N' Roses is more based on the two guitar attack. I would liken them more to like, um, the Rolling Stones in terms of their dynamic, yeah. but, um, the Morrissey and Mar is a really good comparison. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just think that they're, they're so kind of entwined and neither and when they separated they just couldn't do it like you know like i mean they they could do it but it just was not never the same until they got back together and it was the same again you know vanique are they the steve miller of heavy metal <laughs> i don't know but i do on to comment on the the notion of whether or not like they're not super brooding and not um super dark lyrics like whether or not the fun party stuff held them back i i do wonder because i i think sometimes sometimes we bands or artists just across art there's like we give more credit artistic merit to stuff that is dark and depressing and for like it's almost a way to feign um yeah creative merit and and artistic merit and uh they obviously did not really give a shit about that and then as tristan said the riffs like you just go back and listen and the music just kind of speaks for itself yeah they just lent they lent so well to each other you know the the playful nature of the way that eddie played was like it was the other side of the coin of dave you know it's like the I like even when Eddie does a solo sometimes it's it, there's a bit of restraint to it where it's like a little hold back and then the punchline and then it's the same thing where like you know Dave had that kind of tongue in cheek the whole way it's just like they mesh mesh so well together where what do we think of David Lee Roth in the uh pantheon of lead singers where does he rank is he high up is he underrated is he overrated what do you think 
I thought this was actually kind of interesting because um, uh, I don't consider myself to be like a Van Halen aficionado. You know, I, I listen to Van Halen 1, listen to Van Halen 2. Uh, you know, I, I'll, I might dig into, you know, Diver Down or, or uh, Fair Warning. But like, you know, Van Halen 1, 2 in 1984, I feel like is where really the meat's at. You know, that for me personally. Agreed. Uh, um, so going back and listening to them because like, you know, I was like for me my van halen was so untouchable that i didn't want to listen you know because like my i i love to pick up the guitar i'm not the best in the world but i love to pick up the guitar and play along to songs i like so when i can't fucking get through like <laughs> some easy shit that's that he makes look like if i can't get through just doing the the, the regular riffs on panama and i can't even wrap my head around the solo i kind of put it down but to get back and and listen to those guys now and hear those like screeches that dave does like it's just like ah and, and i went and i looked online and i saw people were like oh he's a he's a okay front man bad singer i'm like how do you even explain some of the sounds that this guy is making like just like i think it like like my, my favorite tunes like somebody get me a doctor like you hear him just like <laughs> oh, wailing yeah. like it's just, ah, it's chills man he was amazing i do totally. think he's i do think he's underrated yeah absolutely and and we're looking back at that for, through the lens of like kind of a lot of the hair metal that they inspired, but that wasn't there prior to them. And if you, yeah, all those other screeching lead singers and all the weird stuff from the eighties, it's just like, certainly like him better than, uh, than any of, uh, you know, I don't know who the leads, I can't remember who the lead singer of Poison is, but you know, that guy <laughs> uh, is. Brett <laughs> Michaels, Brett Michaels, yeah. Michaels. Brett Michaels. there he is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, he had a pretty good career after all. Rock of Love, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, good for him. He was good on for Rock him. Rock of Love. He's like the flavor flavor of uh, hair metal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny because, like, if you're looking at influences, and we're going to get into those later, there's the good influence. I think Rage Against the Machine is a uh, quintessential version of this where you're like, I love Rage Against the Machine. And then you look at what it inspired, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> this is it's uh it's like, i definitely think david lee roth is um i definitely think he's completely underestimated as a lead singer i think it's because again i think you you know vanny you raise a good point that like there is almost like it puts you in a good artistic position if you just are up your own ass and serious and when i guess when you talk to musicians it's like okay led zeppelin was serious but like they were also trashing hotel rooms and you know what I mean? Like, it's almost like it's like it's it's branding before it was fucking branding. And I think David Lee Roth, especially when you look at the singers that came behind him, like he's incredible and he's a showman. And that's what it's supposed to be. Like, at some point. The music, all every song can't be this serious thing. And like Van Halen is just good where you just fucking you sky the damn uh the dial and turn it up and it's just you're into it and it's funny because you mentioned about um tristan you mentioned about how you listen to it and it's like do i even fucking pick up my guitar anymore i think there was some reaction to that but i almost think and we're gonna get into the riffs like the riffs are like van halen's solo runs like the, the hardest part of eruption isn't the finger tapping the finger tapping is set runs like yeah. if you practice the finger tapping you can get the finger tapping down it's yeah. when he goes into all the like really fast tremolo picking like the speed stuff where he's all over the fucking fretboard that's where you're like how the hell do i even do this exactly. and the dive bombs the dive bombs oh, and the yeah. harmonics he drops sometimes he was a big on harmonics it's just... oh it's ludicrous yeah, it's yeah. The squeals and pitch harmonics he's using i'm yeah. like this guy yeah. i mean he really really when you look at um 
I'm going to say, in terms of being a virtuoso of the whammy bar, I'm going to say it's him and Jimi Hendrix running neck and neck. Yeah. And I think that um, I think that's where he directly gets it from. I do want to, you know, I think this segues nicely, though, into, you know, what was the biggest impact of Eddie Van Halen from a musical sense, a technical sense, an artistic sense, you know, and then, he, like, we'll get into from there, like, who we feel he influenced. But, like, what do you think his biggest contributions are? Yeah, I gotta say that it's... Like I, I know I touched on it a little bit earlier, but like he ch- changed the way people play guitars, man. Like for, for at least two, like a decade, uh, the eighties was super about technicality, and then you can even think up into like even like Dragon Force and stuff like that. There is no band <laughs> in the world that does metal or anything like that that you can't be like. I don't see shades of Van Halen, you know. It's like it's it's extremely hard to try and play a, that genre of music and not have sound have some influence from this guy like you know living legend he's a lit like it's like like a, a thomas edison just walking around today you know no kidding i wonder too like like i know that he was there's the whole like when he was playing backwards and stuff and didn't want to show anybody how he was doing it and i guess it's disputed whether or not he was the first but hold on can, interge- can i interject on that point yeah, just to it. clear it so it was alex it was so i had read this guitar world and they had like made this like misleading claim that eddie van halen was purposely doing it so what happened was alex van halen his brother was like look at the way you're fucking playing play your with your back to the crowd because we're not signed to a, a deal yet He's like, wait till we're signed to a deal, then you can do it. You don't need a bunch of people copying your shit, and then all of a sudden they fucking scoop us and all that kind of stuff. Sorry for the interjection. Continue. No, no, no. Fair enough. That's a a part of rock history right there for sure. And even if he wasn't the first person to do a lot of these techniques, the fact that he was the one that popularized them and like put them into, you know, if you're going to be a rock guitarist, you need to be able to finger tap, dive bomb, all that stuff, play those types of riffs. Um, then have that as part of your arsenal to be a good rock guitarist. That's, uh, yeah, that's all credited to him, really. He definitely greatly expanded the guitar vocabulary and, you know, took some seemingly disparate influences and kind of brought them together. Because as we said, um, you know, figure tapping is more rooted in like flamenco. Like that's really where it comes from. And he's going to, and in classical. So, I mean, the idea was, he wanted to embrace ideas of like classical playing on a piano, but on a fretboard. And then he was able to like, kind of look at other guitar players and do it. And I believe the original guitar player for Genesis also was kind of in the finger tapping. He was using it more from a melodic standpoint rather than absolutely burning down the uh, <laughs> fucking fretboard as he's in Genesis. Um, so like he, as I said, he didn't, he didn't invent the finger tapping technique. I think that some people who try to be like, uh, yo, like, I mean, you know, you, you get these guitar dudes in the fucking guitar store and like, you know, he didn't invent that, right? I'm like, this motherfucker isn't saying he invented it. It's just, he increased it to the point where it could be brought into the main, like, pop lexicon, right? So, like, you think about it. You have Jump, which has a fucking tap solo on it. That's like a number one song on Billboard. Like, since when is that level of neoclassical guitar playing since been number one on the Billboard? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think, like... And it all, and he made it cool too. And, you know, and he has every guitar player in the world, like Tristan said, either looking at their guitar and being like, I have to get turntables or some shit now or something <laughs> fucking else because I can't do that. I play the bass. Yes, exactly. I got to move to bass because I've been in the pent- the pentatonic blues uh, house the entire time. And then I got to fucking burn this shit or 
people are like, I got to fucking learn how to do this. And sp like, I, I want to know the increase in hours of guitar played in people's bedrooms, just trying to do this. You know what I mean? And you can see it dotted throughout multiple careers. I mean, like, I, like, I, I want to kind of talk about, you know, before we get into little gear things, you know, in terms of who he directly influenced. So like for me, and this kind of ties into another thing we wanted to talk about, does heavy metal exist without him? I think that if you look at a player, like if you look at some of the key players in metal as we know it now, a very important one, Randy Rhodes, guitar player for uh, Ozzy Osbourne. Um, does that fucking, does he even exist like that without that? His style is um, kind of a direct line to Eddie Van Halen. And then you guys have... Oh, you're about to get into my favorite, I bet. Yeah, you're going to get into fucking Joe Satriani. You're going to get into Steve Vai. You're going to get into Yingwee Malmsteen. You're going to get into Kurt Hammett. You're going to get into Dave Mustaine. You're going to get into Dimebag Daryl, Scott yes. Ian. Right? Like, think about Dimebag Daryl without Eddie Van Halen. Like, what the fuck is it? He's doing... He's probably a country artist, to be honest with you. And let's not forget that Frankenstrat number two is buried yes. with him, an original for the original, man. Yeah. Uh, fucking, I, as far as metal goes, Pantera is the band for me. So knowing that that he was directly influenced and then like by Eddie, because like I, I, it's it's you know it, it speaks volumes of of what one person's creativity can inspire in someone else. Because as far as I'm concerned, like as far as metal guitarists go, Dimebag Daryl was the was the one. I mean, he's pretty in fucking credible. And like, if you look at his um, his riffing ability, like if yeah. you're looking at a song like Cowboys from Hell, um, you know, like the riffing on it, like this is straight from Van Halen where you're yeah. using like, you know, you're using quarter bends, just like little squeals, yeah. harmonics, uh, heavy palm muting. And it's just yeah. a darker take on it. What are your thoughts on that, Venny? Who is who do you see as some of his contemporaries? I actually didn't know. That's very interesting, the dime bag, because the second I didn't know that, and the second you say it, I can just hear it. Just like, just think of the, you know, the, my favorite of them, obviously, is the Cowboys from Hell riff, and that is just, you can see the parallels directly there. One thing you just said that um, I thought about with the technique is his palm muting is like out of this world. Yeah. Totally just changes. And that's something that is right from Van Halen 1 on. It just completely changes how the music sounds obviously and 100%. and uh yeah I think of think of like primal concrete sledge like yeah. it's, it's, it's attacks <laughs> yeah yeah especially if you're looking at a song uh like hot for teacher where you can yeah. really kind of when, when he starts busting into the riff yeah. you know what i mean and it's just like breakneck speed they're playing double triple time and they're just and you know what i mean and i i think definitely um some some uh, credit should go to Michael Anthony and yes. Van Halen because like the rhythm section really, um, really kind of holds it up and they go with him. They give him a nice canvas to kind mm -hmm. of, you know, you know, paint over, especially uh, when you have a good rhythm section, you can get free form. You know what I mean? You can and start improvising and I don't mean to interject, but this just dawned on me as well that. Dimebag Daryl and Vinnie Paul are a drummer guitarist mm. <laughs> combination as well. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And Vinnie Paul talks about uh, Alex Van Halen a lot, yeah. and that a lot of his double kick. It was he. He says in terms of his double kick style, it was Lars Ulrich yeah. and Alex Van Halen yeah. that were like the most kind of influential, um, you know, on him. 
Uh, and both for that. four pieces with one lead singer just doing one thing and just the three individual instruments. Oh, yeah. No touring second guitar either. Just yeah. like fucking filling it up. And I think, the you know, Eddie Van Halen's ability uh, to fill that sound. I mean, it's kind of his guitar tone is interesting, too, because it's not like it's like it's it's kind of like he's using he's adding for his natural tone this is like the bass tone of any song it was you know he's using phaser he's using um he's using delay and then i mean he's using a fucking skied uh overdrive on his fucking amplifier and like it's loud it's crunchy it's squealing he's playing with his hands over the over the pickups just to like to control the feedback back and forth something randy rhodes would definitely adopt uh later on and you know i i think you know and especially when i think of if you listen to Kill 'em All, the first Metallica album, uh, you really fucking hear. You hear two bands of the first Metallica album. Let's say three bands, sorry. You hear UFO. You hear what a lot of people would be surprised at is the sheer attack era Queen, because mm. like they're a pretty grindy band um, yeah. for palm muting and stuff that a lot of people don't realize because they're you know a Night of the Opera and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. Van ha- like Van Halen, like Eddie Van Halen's playing like on it. I know Vanny, you're a huge Kill 'Em All fan. We've rocked out to it minus uh, fucking uh, the bass solo, which we feel shouldn't <laughs> be on it. But uh, which is finger tapping on the bass too. So obviously everyone's going crazy with this finger tapping. Like, what are your thoughts? <laughs> Metallica obviously is for, or not obviously, but for me, Metallica is definitely one of my favorite metal bands of all time. And there is just that that direct line, and it is just the ability of guitar, the the riffs to carry that are so the riffs that are so melodic that they they carry the whole song that you don't need a whole orchestra behind it. You don't need the, to be, to be that, that create that kind of depth of sound, especially at a one guitar is just a, just wild for me. I think this segues nicely actually into, um, our next kind of topic, which and it'll help us get into, because I mean, obviously we can talk about, I mean, I think unfortunately Ying Wee Malm scene, I can't listen to so much Ying Wee Malm scene because it's, Sounds like I'm listening to someone masturbate, but, um, you know, there's Joe Satriani, there's Steve Vai, but one thing I feel like Eddie Van Halen didn't get enough credit for, and, you know, we kind of touched on it, you know, for his chops beyond the guitar solo, namely, like, riffing and composition. Like, what are your thoughts on that? What are some of our favorite Eddie Van Halen riffs? Uh, I like, I gotta say, like, uh, Ain't Talking About Love is a, is a great starter point. Like, it's a fucking good one. Yeah, that, that one's a kills. I already said somebody get me a doctor and like I I hate going back to the hits I always hate hate doing that but like man they do have a lot of hits it's hard to they're hits for a reason right and you know and once once you get away from a song being overplayed on the radio which then like they were hits for a reason like hot for teacher like even that that like mix from like hard to like like when it gets doom do 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 like that like kind of jazzy oh it's so good oh, yeah. it's like what what are you, what are you even doing yeah <laughs> like like it's it's crazy at, at certain points there's just like the in between stuff and a lot of and i because I, I, I was thinking like i gotta think of like you know which solos mean the most to me and i was listening to the albums over and over again and i was just like you know what like it's it's just the riffs it's like what's getting you through the song i'm not waiting for a solo i'm just enjoying that i'm like damn how's he doing this that's an interesting thing is that for some uh for some guitar players you're waiting for the climax right you know whereas with with eddie van halen it's just the whole thing is all over is, is is succinct but at the same time all over the place and the riffing is intense yeah, like a lot of the um, like some of the bluesy type riffs, like "Bottoms Up" on Van Halen Two is one of my favorites. Just um, 
and DOA also. That's a little bit more metal, I guess. But DOA is um, fantastic. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, for me, uh, Mean Streets, uh, first of all, the yeah. opening riff where he's, like, fully using a, like, slap technique on the friggin' uh, fretboard, and he's using, but then in switching from, like, the pitch harmonics to the finger tapping, you know, uh, like, that is, so many people have tried to fucking imitate that, and then when he gets into those, like, chunking riffs, I'm like, this is fucking sick. And it's just so, and every time I listen to it, it's a full nerd out. Um, you know, I, I have to like bring lotions out because it's almost a borderline sexual experience. Um, I fucking, uh, lots of uh, scented candles. It's fantastic. Um, a good example because, uh, of the not waiting for the solo, um, is a song Unchained off, uh, Fair oh, Warning. It's so, so good. So the hook is this like soaring palm muted riff and it's, you know, it's really cool. And then, but then it goes, but th- what's really cool about it, like the solo is just a little thing on it. Like it's just a little like interlude, but like the, the part where he's palm muting and squealing over under the verse. And it's just, and it, it's so perfect. There isn't a need to like go into, uh, you know, your standard solo. He has no problem with, with that. Um, even one thing about Eddie Van Halen, I think because he's such the consummate musician, he understands that it is about the band and what the band does and what notes you are playing and what notes you aren't playing at the same time. And I think that, you know, Unchained is an example of that. And then, like, my first experience with Van Halen is uh, Running With The Devil. Mm. Uh, This is just a... And I, I chose this because it's such a simple riff. It's nothing fancy, but, like, it just is when the bass is like, bow, bow, bow. Yeah. Like he does the fucking pick slide and then the power chords and it's just every time so fucking wonderful and that kicks off that album. The first thing you hear is is, is that mm, then a bow bow and it's just intense and it's fantastic and I just love it every single time. Again, Van Halen one. I mean, when we start getting into my our favorite solos and stuff, a lot of it is you know a couple things are mined uh, from Van Halen one, but I just think the riffing is so intense and so sick and I can't really, I don't know, you know, it's another thing with, with Eddie Van Halen is if you look at like three guitar players, I would say who are comp- like, obviously there are other ones too. Don't at me. But um, if you look at Jimi Hendrix, Jimmy page and Eddie Van Halen. So each one of them has kind of expanded the vocabulary of guitar and the technical vocabulary of guitar in a, in, in a few different ways. Like Jimi Hendrix is the prototypical uh, guitar player. He is, I believe, the greatest of all time uh, from an influence standpoint, from a coming out of fucking nowhere standpoint. But this guy is, you know, he's working with Eddie Kramer and Eddie Kramer's like, yo, uh, I gotta, I'm gonna make uh, uh, the stomp box. Do you want to use it? And he's like, yeah. So he starts fucking with 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 stomp boxes. He starts fucking with sounds. He expands the idea of what a guitar can actually sound like. He's doing dive bombs during machine gun that are meant to sound like bombs and guns, and it's emotive. Jimmy Page is does it from a studio perspective. He changes the way guitars are recorded, and he changes the way guitars 
you know, um, are thought about um, from a compositional standpoint. So just the way guitars are mic'd nowadays, you have to draw a direct link behind Jimmy Page to Jimmy Page and what he was able to do with Led Zeppelin. But Eddie Van Halen takes those two and takes it even one step further where we're completely breaking down what the electric guitar is. We're adding components. We're putting it in. We're, we're He's thinking before he experiments, he's thinking about the sounds he wants to make and then coming up with a technical idea of how to do that from an equipment standpoint. He adds this to the lexicon and it completely changes the way the things are. So like, I think he is one of the three um, guitar players who has had most influence on the way you know, we've kind of put it together and he's done so like from a riffing standpoint, because even Jimmy Page to an extent, the riffs are awesome. They're bombastic, but I'm kind of waiting for the solo sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the, he's an innovator, man. I mean, even like a uh, humbucker, uh, Stratocaster. <laughs> that's, well, that's let's, a, let's, that's let's a... look at Frankenstrat because I think it's interesting. Um, the famed Frankenstrat just for mm-hmm. introductions is his main guitar, uh, that, um, he kind of put together, it was a Cheval body, it was like $50, a Fender neck, like another $150, and he kind of likes strats uh, for speed and for especially the whammy bar, but then he liked Les Pauls for the chunk and the aggression and for the fatness of the sound, so he's like, I'm going to create this custom guitar, and it was fantastic. Yeah, and you put a ES three thirty five pickup in that, and that one he uh, cut that it. That is he, correct. It was like a sixties three thirty five. The guy's a madman. He would just chop guitars up for fun. Like he had a <laughs> Ibanez, Ibanez destroyer, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't like this other horn." And just literally took a saw and got rid of it. He, he would just experiment like crazy. And another interesting thing about it is, um, he basically like locking tuners, like not like not like the the i think it's i don't want to say it's i think it's schaller tuners i can't remember off, off the top of my head but he had, was integral in creating those tunings that like when you down tune it like the, and use the whammy bar uh to, your guitar doesn't go completely out of whack he basically created the micro he uh thought up the idea of the micro tilting uh bridge portion uh, of guitars to actually make sure it was precise you know, he said he was pissed off that the guy uh never let him patent it with Inter- interesting yeah. uh so uh, the the so he created the detuna which is he created basically a quick way that lives on your bridge where you can just like click a switch and go down into drop detuning uh without having to think and then also he worked with floyd rose that's what uh, it, that was yes yeah, it, to create um the uh to create basically what had happened was and if you watch Jimi hendrix you can pretty much fucking see this because like if you're looking at notation of Jimi hendrix music uh, especially like machine gun it it notes on the tablature where it goes out of tune because it's fucking impossible to do what he's doing so what happens is uh he works with floyd rose to create um a, a whammy bar or vibrato arm whatever you want to call it that doesn't go out of tune when you fully depress it um which is why he's able to do all these fucking crazy dive bombs and still keep his guitar in tune which is intense it's awesome like talk about a lasting contribution imagine you were you know, starting a band when you were young, young twenties or teenager or whatever. And then you just did something like that. That would just change how people made and played guitars forever. It's yeah, pretty epic. I, I think that's, I mean, can you, you gotta, I mean, that's what you're like, Hey man, I play guitar. It's like, Hey man, I changed how you played that guitar. <laughs> yeah. It's a flex. It's a big, um, big flex. It's, it's a big flex. So here's what I want to get into. I want to get into the real nitty gritty here. What are our, individual top three favorite Van Halen guitar solos. But I want to add a caveat here. I don't want anybody busting out Eruption 
Don't be like my favorite solo's fucking eruption. Don't do that to me. Why don't you start us, Tristan? <laughs> Yo, it's always it's got to be somebody get me a doctor. I'm, I'm, I've been plugging it all at all. <laughs> no, 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 it's good. It. Like, it's good. You, yeah, it, like it, like especially where it goes into the just like the straight, like not pinch harmonics, but like just regular ass harmonics at the end of the. It's like it's an extremely pretty solo. As far and, and again, it's like I'm not a big solo guy for for their records too, but I'm gonna have to say I. Uh, I have, it's a sickness. I will never get sick of Panama, and I love that. And I love that solo. Like even when he takes it down the, I'm like, ooh, whoa, taking it's me to good. a different zone. And uh, yeah, I think uh, even ain't talking about love. Yeah, those are my three. They're fucking good. Like, yeah. listen, this is the one big thing. Like, I mean, obviously, anybody who's listening to this right now can understand the masturbatory elements of this conversation. So listen, if you like it, you go with it. Vanique, what do you think? I gotta put. It's a it's a pop uh, it's a popular choice, but Hot for Teacher is just all of every time he goes high in that song, I absolutely dig it. And then I think my favorite album, just in general, is uh, is two. And then you kind of take your pick. I mentioned DOA before. DOA's got a good one. Yeah. I don't think there's, you know what, I in preparation for this pod, I just listened to all the David Lee Roth albums. I, I challenged myself to do it. I didn't take a break. Like every time I was listening to music, I just only listened to it until I did all five albums. And I don't think I found one that I didn't like. Like there wasn't a point where I was just like, oh, this is kind of tired or doesn't sound fresh. And to do that over, it's basically like 50, 50 60 tracks. It's pretty wild. What's your third? You have fucking... Um, I, yeah, and then I'm just going to take a stab. I don't know. what uh, If we go on number on Van Halen 1, Jamie's crying. I just heard Automatic Punk for the first time in Atomic a long time. Atomic Punk? Or Atomic Punk. Atomic, Atomic Punk, and that is a crazy... Uh, that song's yeah. fucking crazy. It's got a good it's, solo, it, too. And, that, and again, just I don't... I would love to hear if anything sounded like that prior to that song. Okay, so my number one is Ice Cream Man. I fucking love that solo. And I love the fucking... First of all, I love Dealey. He's like, I'm your ice cream man. He's just like, it's so good. And he's shucking it up. And you know he's he's being an asshole. And I love it. And he's just like, it's fun. He's entertaining everybody. And then when the electric parts come in, um, like, with that, like when that solo breaks in and... and like the, the like when the solo breaks in, he's playing the high part, he's squealing, and then all of a sudden, once the bass and the drums start doing the double time walk, I'm like, it's so good because they're just there, they're laying down this sonic foundation, and he's just fucking painting all over it, and it's fantastic, and the song is so fun, and it really kind of shows how like because I mean like these guys at the end of the day. You know, they're uh, from Holland. They're of Indonesian descent as well. Um, they come to America, they hear rock music, they hear the Beach Boys, they're into the Los Angeles, uh, California lifestyle, and, like, this Ice Cream Man is a perfect fucking example of that. Uh, I really love it. My uncle used to fly around the corner uh, of our of our neighbor, because when I, when I grew up, my, um, you know, my mom was a young mother, she was, like, 20 when I was born, my uncle was, like, 15, so I kind of grew up with my aunts and uncles, and he would just, like slingshot around the corner of Longmore Drive in North York with fucking with this song playing Ice Cream Man he'd always sing it in this big olive green Oldsmobile and he would just be blazing and I would freaking love it 
Number two for me is I'm the One. That song is fast as fuck. I love the riff too. Um, the solo is absolutely incredible. And then the solo for Mean Streets is good. Mean Streets is just, I mean, one of the great all-time opening tracks, especially in rock. And I think it's just fantastic. Um, I love it. And um, I have some I have some honorable mentions too. Uh, I have Hot for Teachers, one of my uh, honorable mentions. Panama as well. And listen, I understand that some people are like, well, those are the obvious ones. And then, you know, and I'm sure it'd be much better if we gave like an obscure, you know, uh, Women and Children First uh, album track. By the way, Women and Children uh, is probably my favorite. Um, other than one, it's probably my favorite Van, Hal Van Halen album. But I, I think you got to embrace it. Panama is fantastic. Hot for Teachers fantastic and Vanny, this is one you mentioned recently and i had it on my notes spanish fly oh man i was yeah. about to yeah spanish fly absolutely yeah actually you know what time. i'm gonna edit my answer and put spanish fly in there even though the whole thing is kind of a solo it's yeah. such a weird combination because he's playing a classical style but in eddie van halen style and it's and it, it, it completely so, works yeah. yeah it completely works and it's just so you can just hear it's almost like because you know what the Spanish, uh, like the Spanish guitar riff that he's going off of should be. So you can almost like isolate his style weirdly, if that makes any sense. No, and, absolutely. Um, well, I think you yeah. see the influences in that song because his style is neoclassical. And when you start going into more like of a flamenco playing style, it just like very much, um, you know, it works together very well. Okay, guys. So um, one, I want to touch on the big question uh, the one last thing, because I think the goal here has been to kind of like put in perspective Eddie Van Halen's life in terms of what he's done for music. And w and the big question is at the end, where does he sit among the all time great guitarists? I gotta say he's probably like number one or two. Like, like when you mentioned page in that conversation, it never really came to my, in my mind um as in terms of being influential in guitar so i was like oh i guess yeah he, he would be too because the stairway to heaven but when i think about like like the pillars of like rock guitar and the people who've, who've like changed the way people play it and the way people look at it who are gonna you know be on t-shirts or in you know like Jimi hendrix will always be on he's like a, he's like the rock and roll bob marley basically you know you'll always find someone wearing a t-shirt of him and eddie van halen is perpetually going to be the guitar enthusiast embodiment of like a uh, you know chuck taylor you know what i'm saying like it's just everyone at one point will try and two hand tap and try and do a van halen thing these guys are just larger I, they're almost like as large as the instrument comparing van halen's two hand tapping to chuck's is my favorite reference i've heard today and i've heard many vanique what do you think um i for me it's it's a preference thing i mean there are i'm i'm not into all those the super guitarists all the momsteins and stuff like that i never really delved into that i don't want to hear you a yingwee momstein in any of these top five conversations no it's not for me at all but for it he's up there with with hendrix because of because of the innovation and just changing how people interpreted the instrument and then hammett for kirk hammett um for just being able to entertain me with guitar sounds and i guess uh yeah i'm gonna push back a little on the assessment of jimmy page just because i feel like the stairway riff oh, the, sorry the stairway heaven solo which is fantastic the phrasing is great i love that he's just like i'm gonna pull out the old telecaster to do this among you know amidst all the other stuff but i think jimmy page in terms of his um um his influence a lot of it comes from like the, the way the guitar is recorded alone 
uh, is completely different if he doesn't exist. And also, I mean, even drums to an extent. But I think his solo, but I, I think some of his solos, I mean, on, like, if you're looking at, like, Zeppelin 2 or Zeppelin uh, 1, um, House of the Holy, I think he's... Um, I think he looms large. I think when I was younger, I loved Jimmy Page more. I almost had him at like number one. Um, but I think that was from personal obsession. I think for me, the undisputed king of electric guitar is Jimi Hendrix. But, um, a top three for me is, um, Jimmy, Eddie, and Jimmy. Um, the three. And if I were to expand it to a top five, and this is fucking contentious, obviously, um, it's uh, Jimmy, Eddie, Jimmy, Stevie Ray Vaughan, um, and I have Dwayne Allman, uh, because just because of the sheer everyone wanting uh, Dwayne Allman for sessions. I mean, like, Clapton is playing rhythm on Layla because Dwayne Allman is just so good. But Eddie Van Halen, for me, if you are to argue that he is the greatest guitar player of all time, you can make a legitimate claim to that and not have it sound ridiculous. And all you have to do is be like, here's these albums, listen to them. And yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and you said it at the beginning, uh, Tristan, the music speaks for itself. It's like a LeBron and Jordan thing to me, you know, and like, this is I, an excellent comparison. Yes. Yeah. I, I And I would say like, cause I, I had no idea about the recording aspect of what uh, Jimmy Page did for guitar. I would just think like in a pop culture sense uh, or, 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 and it doesn't even pop culture doesn't even quite encompass it because what Van Halen did is for like guitar culture and what Jimi Hendrix did is for all intents and purposes, almost pop. He's a pop culture icon as well. So it's just like, they're just so gigantic, you know? And so it's hard for me to, to round it out to three, you know? I think this is, I think that's a good note though. I think that's a good discussion because, um, Eddie Van Halen, like what you're looking for is people who transcend, um, you know, their particular genre or their, even their particular medium, you know what I mean? And Jimmy Hendrix becomes a pop culture icon. Um, and Eddie Van Halen changes the way pop, popular music sounds and you know your guitar store weekend warrior sounds as well you know what i mean so it's down from a very small even like on the micro side to a macro side in the bigger context of music yeah all right gentlemen i fun sorry sorry i I, I just want a little fun fact i i i'm a big can rock fan and uh same here big sloan boy so nice. uh, hold on a second. I'm going to, I'm going to interject here. You are in the right room for this. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, so can, like eight continue. times. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I, I, as I'm sure you guys know on, um, stand by me. Yeah. Um, the line starts with, you got to roll with the punches to get to what is real. So I'm thinking, okay, that's gotta be a, is that a, a reference? To, there's gotta be a reference to Van Halen. So I reach out to Patrick. He says it was a placeholder that they just ended up keeping in. And he's like, and another way that uh, Sloan has was uh, influenced by Van Halen is on friendship. He directly references, and you guessed it, what's my favorite Van Halen song? Somebody get me a doctor on a Sloan record. Boom. Can rock. Amazing. So um, thanks, Patrick, for uh, answering my question via Instagram. Appreciate you, I buddy. fucking love that. <laughs> That's so cool. That is great. I wonder what, I haven't uh, heard of them doing any shows in a while, but... I went to their last one at Buffalo uh, uh, in March, right before they shut everything down. It was, uh, it was fantastic. I uh, embarrassed myself completely, screaming <laughs> slow and the loudest. I referred to Andrew Scott as Andy the whole time. Really embarrassing. That's amazing. I love alcohol and what it does at shows. Um, gentlemen, 
I think, uh, you know, I think we got to get going just because uh, we could do this all night. But I want to thank you guys for being here to talk about this. Eddie Van Halen, obviously one of the greatest guitar players of all time. Um, one of the greatest musicians of the 20th century. He will be missed. And his influence is just without any kind of uh, reproach. And um, yeah. So gentlemen, thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, rate and subscribe to our channel wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow The Mind Refinery on social media. Until next time.